Hello friends and welcome to the latest Kings of Anglia podcast. My name is Mark Heath, I'm your host as ever and with me of course is my right hand man, my confidant, my consigliere, Andy Warren Hutch Hogan. Andy, how are you? Hello. Uh, yeah, good, thank you. We've just uh, discovered something about the last three months of podcasts, haven't we? We have, yeah. Um, I think that for the last three months of the of the isolation quarantine podcasts, my uh, very expensive podcast mic hasn't actually been working. Uh, <laughs> so there you go. Profession, professionalism all around from me there. Um, so fingers crossed you might be hearing me a little bit better today. Shambles, Hutchie, shambles. Um, Shambale. But Andy, I don't, I don't want to fuck around this week. Obviously, some big news has happened. We've been waiting for it for a long time. Uh, we've been talking about it a lot. We talked about it a lot on last week's podcast. So let's get straight down to it, shall we? How is your new door? Oh, my, my new door is, is a spectacular success in engineering. Um, it opens, it closes. It's got a big silver knocker. Um, yep. The letterbox is wider, which means more stuff can come inside and not have to sit on the doorstep or be returned to the sorting office. It's um, it's a true, it's a true triumph. Excellent, and I'm very pleased. I jest, of course, friends, because as as important as Hutchie's new door is, and it is a beautiful door. I've seen pictures. Um, the most important thing that finally happened yesterday was, as we expected, it's which town season came to an end. Um, EFL finally had a vote. League One is over. Overwhelming majority of, of teams voted to bring it to an end and for the playoffs to proceed as they normally would. Town will finish 11th, which is their lowest position in about 175 years or something. Um, Hutchie, let's start first of all with your thoughts on everything that went on yesterday. Is anyone else relieved? I am. A little bit to be, to be out of the misery. Um, that was my... That was my first thought, kind of waking up yesterday morning, Tuesday morning, thinking that by the end of the day, uh, we will at least know the answer to a question we've known the answer to for for months, um, that the season would finish and Ipswich would, would finish outside the playoffs, not play again and, and finish 11th. So, yeah, relief, relief there uh, in many in many ways. Um, but it did just kind of hammer home how disappointing the season was for Ipswich that in, until it was kind of rubber stamped that, yep, this 11th, they finished 11th in the third tier. Um, it kind of was floating a little bit. It felt that that, that feeling of, of disappointment, anger, frustration was, was floating around a little bit. And, um, but, but yesterday it very much kind of settled, settled down and, and, um, kind of settled on the floor and was there for all to see. There's a, there's a lot of frustration around it, at how it all, how all it all played out. Mm. Right thing to do though. I, I just can't see the, the argument for continuing really. Um, you happy that it's all over? Um, I think, yeah. Where are we now? June the, June the 10th, it had got to a point where Ipswich's desire to, play out the remaining fixtures of the season like like has been done in the championship and the premier league was just not realistic in a time frame anymore um given that that, that league 1 of had not had not returned to training um until 10 days before the championship is restarting so in terms of actually playing it out and uh and finishing it yeah i don't think they could have i don't think that could have been possible i don't think ipswich could have got their wish there um, but I can also, there are some frustrations with the way that it's all been decided. Um, points per game, you might be able to argue that it's a, the fairest of the unfair ways to, to decide the final standings, but there are some real real losers in there and a few winners as well. Mm. And that, that's got some there's, some, there's some frustrations for me there with whereas how that's all worked out. Um, frustrated for Tranmere because like so many, I, I could easily have seen them staying up had they been given an opportunity to do so a hundred percent believe that Peterborough would have been in the playoffs or, or even an automatic place should they have had the opportunity to do so and I'm not sure Rotherham were home and dry in the in the second automatic promotion place either that was there that was there to play for 
But the, the the thing that frustrates me the most is that that it's been, you know, it's widely documented now that that, that f- only four clubs voted to actually carry on and play football. Yet f- four of the clubs that voted to end the season have have ended up actually in the playoff places and will be playing football games again, mm. which doesn't sit particularly well with me. Um, I really like Wickham as a football club. I think that they have done some wonderful things on the pitch this season, but to, it doesn't sit right with me that a club like Wickham can move from outside the playoffs. I think they were eighth, weren't they? They can move from eighth to third on points per game while voting to end the season early and then be in the playoffs and play those playoffs for a place in the championship. It just doesn't add up mm. to me that. But from an Ipswich perspective, um, any attempts to kind of expand the playoffs to the extent that they would be involved were always going to be, that was that was a hard sell and it wasn't the right sell either. Um, so I don't think there can be any complaints from Ipswich there. Yeah, I think on the whole... How it was ended? No, obviously there are there are there are teams that will feel hard done by, and rightly so. But the problem with something like this is there is no fair way of doing it so that everyone is going to be happy. Someone is going to have to lose out. So uh, unfortunately, that's the way it goes. Hutchie, obviously it's done now. The credits can roll on town season. Um, and I did a piece for the, the website yesterday, um, kind of accruing fan reaction to both the news and also the season and. A lot of very emotive terms were used, terms like embarrassing, uh, failure, unacceptable. uh, And a lot of anger was directed at Paul Lambert, the manager. So we better address this big Scottish elephant in the room. A lot of fans want him crucified on the Cornhill before being tossed into the Orwell. Uh, But I also want us to have an element of of realism in all this uh, and, and point out that Although there is a lot of anger, it's highly unlikely that Lambert's going to be going anywhere. Um, and you actually spoke to, to Paul this morning, didn't you? And, and sort of asked him about various things, including the uh, the kind of pressure on him and, and the fact that a lot of people seem to want him to go. So can you just bring us up to speed on, on your chat with Paul and how he was and, and, and what kind of answers he gave to your questions? Yeah. Um, yeah, I think, yeah, the first thing that probably should say is that... Um, Lee O'Neill, the club's general manager, was on the radio last night, um, just a couple of hours after the decision was made and was asked about Paul's future and very quickly stated that Paul and his coaching staff are part of the plan and that they have the trust of of, of Marcus Evans and, and of him to, to be the ones to lead the club next season. So it does seem like there isn't going to be a change there. That was what we were hearing in March when this stuff was beginning to come to the surface again, wasn't it? It seems an awfully long time ago now, three months ago. But if you think back to the kind of the time of the Fleetwood game, um, even before that, there were beginning to be some very real questions, some chanting from fans mm. um, about Paul's future and, and about Marcus Evans, the owner as well. It seems an awfully long time ago to be talking about this, but it's, it's very real that, that at that point that those those calls, those frustrations were were coming to the fore again um, after a couple of years away. Um, but at that time as well, we were being we were being told that that in an ideal world, Evans would want to continue with with Paul Lambert as as manager because they see the job as being bigger than than one one season in League One mm. um, in terms of a rebuild and. And get the club moving forward again. Now that rebuild uh, is obviously going to change massively because of everything that's going on in the world at the moment. It's going to change football massively, and it, it doesn't surprise me at all that we're sitting here a day after um, the decision's been made to end the season and Ipswich have finished eleventh. It doesn't surprise me at all that all the noises are about Paul staying and being the man in, in charge next season. But it also doesn't surprise me at all. And I can completely understand anybody that would that would look at an 11th place to finish in the in League One and and think that that wasn't acceptable because not only not only because of that position in the football standings, but because of just how well the season started. 
Mm. Yeah, I want to um, <coughs> just go, go through a couple of these questions um, that, you, that you put to Lambo today. You all right there, mate? Yeah, just a little tickly cough. Have you got a drink? Um, I actually drank it all before we... Uh, oh, no. How How is your ability to waffle for f- like f- 10 seconds while I run to the, the bathroom and fill up this cup? My friend, I can always waffle. I've been told to fill a lot on, on TV stuff. Right. Off you go. I'll be back. Okay. Right. Just while Andy goes to grab some, some water then, um, let's just go over a couple of the, the questions that he put to Lambo today. Um, he asked him, is the rotation system something you would change? Lambert said, yes. There's that and other things as well. One or two things I'd do differently. The rotation would be because of the amount of games with the league and cups. We used the EFL trophy as a chance to give young players a chance, and that was important. It worked initially, and people weren't bothered until we started losing games, but we need to look at things. What are we Andy, talking about? I'm just reading out some of your questions, mate. I think it's important to get, to get um, these out there. Um, would you accept the season was a failure? Lambert said, any season when you don't win a trophy or promotion, it's a failure. I've had so many highs during my own career to know that when you don't win, things aren't right. We have to try and put it right. And then, of course, the big one. Do you understand why, after a mid-table finish in League One, people might question whether or, you, whether or not you are the right man for the job? Would you consider your own position? To which Lambert says, I understand that there's nothing I can do about it. I've been in the game long enough to know how all that works. I don't get caught up in anything good or bad. I just try and do the best job I can. Results from winning games are the most important thing. We came in and lifted the club from a really low ebb. I get that things didn't go the way we wanted and we'll strive to do better. So there you go. He's basically saying he's aware of the anger and essentially he knows he's got to do things better. And, and he's, he also told you, didn't he, Hutchie, that he knows there are things he can improve on, things he's written down, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um <laughs> Do you need to go and get some water now? I've got one. <laughs> Good. Um, he seemed like a man that was kind of... Very, he very much understands that he, he's aware he's aware that things haven't gone as they should have done. Mm. Uh, and he's aware of the strength of feeling um, that that has brought. And he knows that. But he, he, he did strike me as a man a man today that they've, they've... is kind of maybe free of the free of the kind of the pressure of day-to-day football um, was lifted from him a little bit, almost to the extent like it felt like the club's own inner post-mortem had already been completed, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, In that he had already moved on to next season. Clearly we were talking about last season um, and everything that had gone on there. Um, but he struck me as kind of being clear in that, past that, um, and moving on. So yeah, he did talk about about things he wants to change. He's very reluctant to to sort of pin what those things would be, um, despite being asked about them. Um, but one of them is clearly clearly the rotation that was um, that was used throughout the season. That was yeah. one. That was certainly one of the things, and it's certainly one of the things that frustrated a lot of people. Yeah, it, it, obviously, you look at you look at a lot of social media, and there's a lot of basically the first thing that has to happen is Lambert has to go. Now, realistically, we know he's not going to go anywhere. But what what do you think about about that argument? Do you do you think Lambert should go? Should or are you in the kind of give him a bit more time sort of camp? Oh, that's that's such a difficult question. Um, I can completely understand why anybody would think that a, a, an 11th place finished in the third tier is just not good enough. Mm. Um, but, and particularly when you then factor in the, the fact that Lambert was at the helm of, of the relegation last season. Um you can talk about that that season as being kind of almost a bit of a free pass, and we were talking about that, and maybe it shouldn't have been a much, as much of a free pass as it was, but at the time it did feel like one. But yeah. that pass was only going to be a free pass if if things got going in the third tier. Um, 
I don't know. I really don't know. I'm conflicted on where I stand on this one. I don't know if now is a good time to be changing manager mm. because of everything that's going on in the football world and the landscape of everything. Um, but I'm going to do a Watson here and ask myself some questions. <laughs> but is that is that um, is that enough of a reason to maintain somebody in their job when you're not convinced that they're the right man to do it? Probably not. The thing, the thing that I think about here is that the, the reason that the reason that Marcus Evans gave Paul Lambert a five-year contract extension on on New Year's Day, which which does look quite frankly a little ridiculous at this point, given what followed afterwards. Mm. That there was a reason that di- that the owner had trusted Paul with that length of of contract is because they did see it as needing a thorough rebuild of the club. Um, Lambert's done a good job for Evans on that front in terms of at the beginning of things, got got some fans coming back, got to the point where some good stuff was done in terms of getting the stadium up to shape, remodelling the training ground and doing that up a little bit. But then how much of that can you really can you really kind of take into account when the job of the football manager is to win games, which they, they just didn't do well enough. I'm waffling here because I don't know what I really think about it. Um, part of me thinks that it's a good thing that he's going to stay as long as he does learn from those mistakes. That's mm. absolutely crucial. Now um, people can make mistakes, learn from them and, and still be very successful. But you're getting to the very you're getting to the end of a of a leash now. Uh it's quite a long leash and he's he's worked his way a fair way along it. Yeah. I think there are there are a few indisputable facts, aren't there? First of all, finishing eleventh in League One for a club like Ipswich Town, especially having been top of the league as recently as January, and with the, the players and resources they've got at that level, is unacceptable. You know, town town should not be finishing eleventh in League One. Um, from that position, uh, Lambert's record is is pretty abysmal, isn't it? Actually, on the pitch where it matters, he's done a great job of reuniting the terrace and touchline. Trademark Stuart Watson. Um, whoa, 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 whoa! I'm sorry, was that you? Yep. Trademark Andy Warren. Thank he's you. Done, he's done a great job there, um, but actually on the pitch, he's obviously not where it counts. He's not having the the impact that people hoped. Um, and the other thing is, you have to say that he is going to stay, regardless of what we sit here and say, he is going to stay. But if Town start next season badly, whenever that season is, September or, or whenever, he's, I'm not sure he can survive that, um, given the way this season's ended. You have to say that the, the pandemic has probably eased some of the pressure on him in a way. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's indisputable, that. Yeah, but once the season starts again in earnest, and if Town don't storm out of the gates like they did last season, I think I think the writing could well be on the wall for Mr Lambert. We shall see. The other thing that came out yesterday, Hutchie, was some words from uh, Marcus Evans. Obviously, the big question as soon as the news came out yesterday was what happens with season tickets and season ticket refunds. And, and Marcus released a statement sort of talking about that, didn't he? Yeah. Um, didn't come to any conclusion though, did it? Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I need to remind myself of exactly what he said, but yeah, he basically, he, he basically said that they're going to be having conversations with with season ticket holders in in the weeks to come. They think they've come up with something which will be appealing for them and also to the club. Because yeah. I'd imagine they what they don't want to be doing is just handing out refunds on mass, no. which no. would be quite financially damaging, especially when they don't know when next season's going to start as well. Um, yeah, well, it would be massive. I think for it, from it, Ipswich, Ipswich scenario, it's between eight hundred grand and a million, a million pounds in, yeah. in ticket refund money in one hit, assuming everybody takes them up on that. Now, I've, they've been talking about this for quite some time. Um, some clubs have come out with their kind of plan for this, and some, including Sunderland, I think it was last week, didn't include a refund option. 
and were rightly completely hammered for that. You have you have to offer a refund as an option. But what I imagine Ipswich will do is offer that refund as an option, but try and come up with some other ways of encouraging or making it possible for supporters to leave their money in the club in, in some way. Now there'll be some, there will be some that are happy to do that and have kind of written that money off anyway and are happy to leave it in the club. There'll be others who would maybe want to use that money to go towards next season's season ticket. Yeah. Which makes a lot of sense because there are people who have renewed for next season and you know if if you have committed to that, it makes sense that you would have the rebate money that you for what you haven't seen of your current season ticket, that would make an awful lot of sense. But then there are potentially some other ways as well that I think the club might um might potentially try and encourage people to leave that money with them with some potential rewards maybe that um because that money's gonna be really quite quite important to Ipswich. Yeah, that I mean that comes back to something I've I've spoken about quite a lot uh, in recent weeks, which is the feeling that it's always the fans giving. You know, they turn up, they they travel in their thousands to League One grounds. They turn up twenty thousand plus Portman Road for third tier games, uh, and now they even now they're still paying for games that aren't going to happen. Um, and at some point, there has to be an element of the club giving back. So it, you know, it's it's going to be interesting to see what they come up with. Hutchie, I don't want this to dissolve into kind of a big season um, dissection and, and cutting up the various parts of what went wrong because we can do that another day uh, and go back to our season preview and, and look how much we got wrong. Um, I don't think any of us, for example, predicted there would be a global pandemic which would end the season. So I think I probably had that down second on my list on the surprise package, but uh, <laughs> we, we can go back and check that. Um so is there anything else you want to talk about before we jump in? We've had loads and loads and loads of mailbag questions, which obviously all are of a similar theme. So I wonder if it might be best to jump into the mailbag now and, and just go through that. Yeah, can we I'm not I'm not in the mood to sing the song. It's too wet. Yeah. The the I weather I, The weather kind of reflects the mood, doesn't it? It's it's absolutely pissing it down where I am. Um and it, it does all feel rather sort of depressing, doesn't it? And and Yeah. Dark times. So, shall we go without mailbag tune this week? And just oh, get... go on. Let, oh, why don't I try and cheer us up? Let's see if I've got anything in me. Um, <laughs> what have you got? Come on. Oh. Mailbag, mailbag. It's time for Mark and Andy to dip into the mailbag. Lovely. Love. <laughs> <laughs> Love. Lovely. I get right. we get absolutely zero feedback on the mailbag singing song. I can't tell. I, I I've got no idea if people think it's awful. Yeah. My singing is terrible, and it and it's a, a poor listening experience, or if people like it a little bit. So until someone tells me otherwise, I'm gonna carry on doing it. I think. I, obviously, we used to have uh, reviews from Alistair Rattray, didn't we? Those days are long gone. Those halcyon days. But I think if it makes you happy, Hutchie, I enjoy it. So I think we should stick with it. Right then, first question from Paul M. Again, still not sure it's the real Paul McCartney. He says, Kieran Dyer in. Why not? Kieran Dyer in. Um, we've talked about Kieran an awful lot on here haven't we mm. about the potential of of him being a manager one day and you know we'll say the same say the same thing that I've said every time really um I, I think he would surprise an awful lot of people in in management um and I'm not necessarily referring to Ipswich people here I would refer maybe maybe think he would surprise a lot of people kind of looking from the outside in who would look at it and think Kieran Dyer as a manager mm. no but I think I think he would surprise an awful lot of people. I'm not sure taking the Ipswich job on his own right now is a good is a good move for him. Um, I'd like to see him go in as a number two to somebody somewhere, an experienced manager somewhere, and be their number two because I tell you he's got he's got ideas. 
He's got an awful lot to offer um, in a coaching sense. He's knowledgeable. He's intelligent. Um, but a good spell as a number two to somebody somewhere um, would be really beneficial to him. Um, and then maybe, maybe then one day go out on his own as a manager, maybe with an experienced number two next to him um, in, a, in a first job somewhere. I'd absolutely love to see him as a manager somewhere. I'm not sure Ipswich Town right now is the right time for him. But um, yeah, I'd love to see. It's a shame. He, it's a real shame he's not still involved coaching at the club because it, it feels to me like they've lost they've lost an asset there. Um, but I'd love to see him emerge somewhere and and give it be given an opportunity to see what he can do. Yeah, I think there's there's quite often a misconception about Kieran, isn't there? He's obviously from his playing days, he had a bit of a, a bad boy image and getting into fights with with Lee Bowyer and all that sort of stuff. But when you meet him, he's a, he's a he's a really interesting, thoughtful. You can tell he thinks very deeply about football. Um, and he's obviously he's a huge boxing MMA fan as well, which is great. Um, but yeah, I, I'm like you. I think I think he has a lot to offer to the to the game, um, and perhaps his his past reputation works against him there um i do think i do think whoever gives him a chance will 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 certainly benefit from that mm. and also to point, point out on that on that front you're right mate you got another yeah just a bit tickly <laughs> the other thing to point out on that front of course is we're getting a lot of praise for the kieran die with with alan lee podcast <laughs> which um and, which, yeah which people enjoyed a lot of people say it was really good so if you have your sort of doubts about kieran dyer and stuff go back and listen to that uh, because that is a, a very, very good listen indeed. Christian Davis, trying to be more positive, Mark and Andy. If you were Paul Lambert, what does he need to work on with the team to make us serious promotion contenders? Identity. It's uh, the rotation. The, the rotation thing is a headline thing. It's it's something that frustrated. It didn't work um, at large large chunks of the season, but for me always the bigger concern was the fact they hadn't settled on a style. Um, mm. That's what I want to see. I want them, I think Paul, uh, we're going back over old ground here, but I think Paul got away from what he wanted to do and what I've been planning to do in pre-season. I, I genuinely believe that um, and never really got back to it, which then if you couple that in with rotating personnel within that as well, um, it's not a good recipe, but for me, it's about an identity, a playing style, and getting the players to play in that rather than chopping and changing styles and and uh, lineups as well. Mm. Mick Lumley wants to know: Does this mean no post-final game lap of the honour? Clearly, no end of season awards, no player of the season. Hutchie, they must still be having some sort of end of season awards, mustn't they? I hope they go and do a lap of honour around an empty ground. Um, <laughs> that would be amusing. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I genuinely don't know the answer to that about end of season awards. Um, I might. I will ask the question once we finish doing this. Okay. Mike King, uh, just a statement really. I'm not sure what else they could have done with the cost of playing behind closed doors. Too much for many clubs. Obviously, he's talking about the end of the season. However, there are definitely teams that have been disadvantaged by this decision, Tranmere in particular, as already discussed. Thank you, Mike. Dave Gort says, Lambert said the League One response to pausing and the attempted resumption of play lacked leadership and decisive decision-making. Would it be fair to say that the same could be said of Ipswich Town? Decisive decision-making. Um, leadership and decisive decision-making. I think that I think I think you could almost say that there was too much that decisive decision making. Strambled my tongue. Um, <laughs> I think you could almost say he was maybe too decisive and didn't. <laughs> if you know if that makes sense, like you thought about going with the, the rotation system and, and used it, but didn't stop it when it. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. he he was maybe too decisive in his own mind there and and didn't read the room didn't react to what was going on um and show decisive leadership in that way um so yeah i think i think possibly possibly yeah I, and i hope that's what he's referring to paul when he talks about learning from mistakes and doing things differently um there was an opportunity to stop the rotation doing doing that last season and they didn't take it 
they yeah. they they carried on. Um, so I'd like, yeah, maybe he was too decisive in actually going with his own thoughts and not and and then not decisive enough to change it when it wasn't working. Uh, where are we? Chris Bennett asked about season tickets. How will the club be refunding season ticket holders? Obviously, we don't know as yet, but he says, could they work out what we pay on average per game? Or could it be the final two direct payments for those that paid via direct debit? I don't know yet, Chris. Um, I don't think, I don't, I think, I think if it, if there's going to be a refund, it will be worked out on a per game basis rather than those direct debit payments. If, um, right, because I don't think that the numbers quite add up there. Yeah. Uh, Patrick Kearney on top of that says I bought a season ticket on the assumption town would actually win the odd game am I entitled to a full refund (laughs) Uh, (laughs) FPL Tractor wants to know do you think Ipswich are now an unmanageable basket of a club would any manager struggle now I've written something for the the paper and online tomorrow which suggests that that it feels like there's something wrong somewhere at the core of the club for a while there's been this sort of malaise that you can't quite put your finger on but obviously it, it's there or at least I feel like it's there so regardless of whether it's Mick whether it's Paul Hurst whether it's Paul Lambert whether it's whoever it is do you think that now whoever's in charge of town is going to struggle just because of the the feeling almost around the club it depends what your aspirations are um yeah. I think Paul Lambert would tell you there was a malaise around the club and a, and a feeling an ingrained feeling of um What's the word? An ingrained feeling of just kind of average mediocrity. Uh, yeah, medio- mediocrity. Yeah, but, yeah. but I, I would argue that actually Paul's for all of the for all of the negatives and and the poor performances on the pitch, the poor league position, the absolute falling off a cliff of the season. The one thing you can't knock him for is realizing that there is that malaise that needs to be eradicated and over overridden yeah um now you then have to to get rid of it you then have to succeed on the pitch and that's where he's fallen down um i wouldn't say i wouldn't i wouldn't describe it such as being a basket case of a club i certainly wouldn't um and i'm sure there are fans of other clubs elsewhere who would not be happy to see it which described as a basket case when compared to their own club but but there are some there are some issues there if switch if switch are going to struggle to be able to compete in then what we may do we feel like the natural position for the club is really fighting to get into the premier league is that or perhaps being being in the top flight if if, if that's what we feel um that's hard because they don't sit there in the current financial landscape so they're going to need to do something else to get there Mm. and I think that's why rather than just chopping and changing managers and chopping and changing plans for better or worse and I can completely accept that for for, for large amounts of the fans they would see that that sticking with Paul Lambert is not the right thing to do I can completely see that but I could also see that why if you're trying to kind of circumvent where you actually stand in the world of football you you're going to try and do things differently um and it requires a longer job which is why Evans has been keen to stick with Lambert I can see that Ed Barker who's uh whose handle is at Ed Barker pig and I, I click on that and I see that that's because he's the, the senior policy advisor for the National Pig Association which is nice good to, have, good to have you on board Ed he says, it's probably an unfashionable opinion, but in the current turmoil, I fail to see what sacking managers or asking your owner to go would achieve. The last two seasons have been pretty chaotic and we should look to one stable season and give fair judgment on it. Um, certainly with the argument of telling the owner to go, I've always struggled to kind of add that one up in my mm. mind because Marcus Evans simply pulling out of Ipswich Town and going... Um, would leave them drifting into the abyss. Um, I do struggle with that one, but I do get the sentiments about wanting him to sell up if there was something there to, mm. to sell up to. But we, as we we hear so often, there that isn't there. Um, yeah, no, 
I, like I said earlier, I'm not convinced that now is necessarily the right time to spin the roulette wheel on a manager. Um, but then you you can't you can't just be naive to the fact that that Lambert hasn't hasn't delivered on the pitch. And I think you're probably right in what you said earlier in in terms of the start of next season being make or break, really. Mm, mm. Couple of questions on the same kind of line, so I'll read them both out, and we can we can take it from there. Jason, old friend Jason uh, Milton says, now imagine the wait until September for League One to restart, and in between having to listen to the patronising football speak from Lambert et al. Having spent eighteen months spinning a story, not sure where Lambert can go with supporters from here. And Harrison Smith just asks, uh, he says, thanks for shows during lockdown. Always been a highlight in an otherwise grim time. Honest question: Where do we go from here? How do we as a club regroup when presumably there isn't going to be many signings during the summer and this group isn't good enough? That's the, the million dollar question, isn't it? Where, where does the town go from here? Um, mm. I know we've talked about it already quite a lot, Hutchie. Is there anything you want to add? Um, I think you may... Uh, we don't know what the 2020-21 season is going to look like at all um but what is highly likely is that the division is once again going to be weaker mm. potentially there are going to be clubs in the league that are it's really sad but there are going to be clubs in the league that just are gutted are are in a real financial mess and that will that will drift down to their playing budget i'm sure um mm. Ipswich's way of being successful next season, they are largely going to have to go with the squad that they've got, with a few, maybe a few more younger players coming in. You got, you can point to players being fit like Vincent Young and Norwood and, and things like that. But the way that I can see that group being successful, they've they've got some good football players there, but I genuinely think that they were lost in a lack of identity and system and that that is how they can I'm not saying they're definitely going to be by the way but the way that they can turn it around and be successful is to find an identity and find a way of playing that they're comfortable doing effective doing mm. and pro- and produce that way that's that that's the way that I can see them having a successful season next year George Lee wants to know do you think Tranmere will take legal action against the EFL first question um, and also, do you see Town signing a, a replacement for Norwood this summer, or will he still be the main man? Um, I can see them signing a striker this summer if they're able to do anything in the transfer market at all. But I don't see that being a replacement for Norwood. Yeah. Um, necessarily, I think that I think he they've invested a lot in him in terms of time, effort, and money as well. Um, so I don't think, and I think that would be right as well. I'm looking forward to seeing what an injury-free James Norwood can do next season. Um, what was the first part of the question? Just about Tranmere and whether or not you think they'll take action, legal action. Uh, I don't know about legal action, but I certainly think we're going to be hearing about the outcome of this season for several more weeks to come, um, yeah. both from from their perspective and certainly from uh, a area of... Cambridgeshire. <laughs> uh, yeah, the, the drama continues, doesn't it? There's just there's there's been one like big death if it was a series, but there's still going to be there's there's loads more to come. Obviously, there's the the legal action, and now then there's the when next season starts, which is exactly what Kevin asks. He says, when will next season likely start? And are we expecting any fans to be able to attend? Well, I think across the board they're looking at September, aren't they? Um, late September. Late September, and in terms of fans. I think I read some quotes somewhere from was it the Scunthorpe chairman, something like that, saying that they're hoping that they might be they might be able to have some fans in the ground. Obviously, it won't be a full a full ground like it used to be, um, but they're hopeful that some fans may be able to attend. Is there anything else you've heard on that, Hutchie? Um, yeah, in in terms of that that part of it, the, the kind of having some fans being able to be in attendance, um, it's by no means certain. But there is there is hope that a certain number would be allowed in to grounds, um, potentially 
may, maybe not quite for that start of the season in September, but maybe a little later into the year, yeah. a month or so down the line. And for Ipswich, I think that number would represent around 5,000, which would be uh, a sixth of the capacity or a, th- a third of the average attendance that would be. But that's got a lot of working parts in it. That's just what I've heard. And then, of course, if that is the case, you, it's then how do you work out who, who mm. gets to go? Yeah. Yeah, I think, well, immediately, um, I'm not exactly sure how low the season ticket uptake was. Um, I need to do some work on that one. Um, but obviously, season ticket holders would get first first dibs on that. And then, then yeah, it's going to be, that's going to be very interesting and, and, and a logistical nightmare, really. Um, I don't know if I can see it happening or not. Um, it all depends on everything that's going on in the world, doesn't it, on a, on a daily basis. It makes sense that some would be able to attend, potentially, given that stadiums are outdoors. Um, they would need some strict control on what goes on in concourses, um, how you get to your seats, things like that. Clearly, people who go to football as a family mm. could sit t- could sit together because that's you know that's how we're working in life at the moment. If you if you go with your dad, your sister, your mum, brother, um, you could go and you could sit together. If you go with your mates, you're going to be sitting significant distances apart from each other. Um, yeah, it's a logistical logistical nightmare that one but it might just be a way that some revenue can exist in the EFL Mm. Matt Thomas friend of the show says I'm going to watch England versus Holland on Saturday I assume this is from Euro 96 to confirm it's still the best game I've seen England play based on the strength of opposition demolition and event status that was a great game to be fair that was superb yeah what have you been saying is the best of something for years that might need a revisit to confirm it still stands? Um, I've got one. A lot, go on. a lot a lot, of debate in the Heath household recently about the best TV series because we, uh, we're re-watching Narcos, which is brilliant. Um, and we recently uh, re-watched a bit of Gamora as well. Now, for years, I've been saying that Sopranos was the number one, the untouchable number one. Um, and now I'm not sure because I haven't watched it probably for 10 years. Um, and obviously in that time, there have been new pretenders come along, the likes of Breaking Bad, the aforementioned two that I've, I've just talked about, and also obviously throw things like The Wire into the mix. So um, The Sopranos is something we've talked about going back and watching just to see if it is still as good as we remember it and if it stands the test of time. So that'd be my answer, Matt. How about you, Hachi? Um probably who um i'm not really sure how i'll go back and test this mm. but i always thought that um mel b was the best spice girl there's <laughs> not there's not really a test there is there how i mean based on what what was your original test gut feeling fierceness <laughs> instinct hair, hair yeah yeah i'm not i'm not really sure um yeah, I'm really not sure how that can be put to the test, to be honest, because they're very different people now yeah. to what they were back then. Yeah. Uh, and I'm not convinced that Mel B would win my uh, would win my praise on that if I was to judge it now. Interesting, though. I like it. Um, Keenor Sorensen, our Danish friend, he says, Hello, Hans Warrenson and Ragnar Heathus. That's us. I hope you're both well in these strange times. He says, do you think the, the promoted teams will do well in the championship next season with no preparation? Thank you, guys. Stay well. So, obviously, Coventry and Rotherham were promoted yesterday. The, the weirdest promotion, like, yeah. not, played, not played for months. Um, so, they went up yesterday. Uh, and, obviously, we've got the playoffs to come. But how do you see those teams faring in the championship? Obviously, Rotherham are a bit of a, a yo-yo side anyway. Coventry not been there for a while. What, what do you reckon? Yeah. Well, I think Rotherham, I think Rotherham will, be, will be Rotherham. Um, They'll be in the bottom five, and hoping to <laughs> hoping to end up on the right side of the hoping to end up on the right side of the fence. Covent, Coventry, I'd be a bit more optimistic about. 
Um, they've obviously they, they they'll lose a, at least one key player in Sam McCallum, who was signed by Norwich in January, who will go to Norwich and begin to be part of that. But they had an identity. As yeah. do Roth- as do Rotherham. In fairness, it's just that Rotherham's identity is conducive to to grinding out survival or narrowly avoiding uh, or narrowly going down. Coventry had an identity of they've got a really good midfield. They play good football. Um, they've got good forwards that they can play through. And um, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if Coventry were um, were a fairly decent decent championship side next season I just hope I'm not I've got to admit I'm not completely tuned in on their their situation at the moment I just hope that there's a chance that they may be able to to um to play in Coventry yeah because <laughs> playing playing behind closed doors in Birmingham is even more depressing than than playing in a third full St Andrews in Birmingham for them. Um, I just really hope there's a scenario where they can go and do it in Coventry because there's absolutely no disputing that they deserved they deserved promotion. Mm. Uh, of all of the issues that, that points per game has thrown up, them going up as champions isn't one of them. Luke Penning, one of our CoA live attendees, says we've got 29 players out of contract next season. Surely something needs to be done about this. Is that not something I'm aware of, actually? Is there that many players out of contract? Yeah, 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 there is. But that, that includes a wide range of players. That in, includes some of the older players. Um, it includes a lot of players. Well, all of them, the vast majority of them will have option years. Players they're currently negotiating with. There are players in there. Some of the younger players, a good, a good portion of those are kind of the likes of Bailey Clements. Um, some of the guys that signed 18-month contracts after they were involved in the EFL Trophy games earlier in the season as well. So, yeah, there's a real mix in there. But some, some, you know, some, some heavily involved players in there as well. I'm just bringing the list up in front of me actually because I've got it on the, I've got it on my desktop. Bear with me. The cogs are, the cogs, cogs are turning. Are, cogs are whirring. Yeah, just got to find it now. Where are you? Got too much stuff, too many things on my desktop. Oh, I can't find it. Maybe I've left it. Maybe I've left it somewhere else. Anyway, there's a, there are a lot of them. Um, there are a lot of them. Let's leave okay. it at that. Oh no, I've got it. I've got it. I've got oh, it. Oh, here we are. Breaking I've news. I've got it. I'll read them out. Holy Dynastian Chambers, Huge Judge, Wilson, Sears, Jackson, Nolan, Bishop, Nciala, Nidham, Elmazuni, Wright, Scoos, Dizel, Edwards, McGavin. Drynan, Shebeck, Falami, Morris, Cotter, Clements, Gibbs, Ando, Zach Brown, Kai Brown. Okay, good details. Harvey Davis. Friend of the show. Was that in Welsh? You tell me. Was it? I like, uh, it's sad, well, obviously, <laughs> obviously, it wasn't. In, it wasn't in Welsh. It was with a Welsh tinge and accent. It was, it was supposed to be. Yeah, Harvey Davis wants to know. He says, "Hope you're good, boys. Deviating away from football. I'm meant to be going to Turkey on Thursday, but I'm not due to obvious reasons. Sorry to hear that, Harvey. Have you ever been excited for a holiday which turned out to be not what you're expecting when you got there? <clears throat> uh, well, my my response to that is yes, uh, and it was a holiday to Turkey which uh, was the worst holiday we've ever had. So um, that would be my answer. Certainly not what we are expecting when we got there. Um, Hutchie, how about you? What was wrong with it? Uh, it just wasn't what we were expecting, mate. Um, we would, we'd we been told it was a really quiet, sleepy little village, essentially. Um, and it wasn't. <laughs> it mm. was It was full of... Uh, full of... Um, Full of full of people who like to get on the on the on the rouse, shall we say, which wasn't really what we were looking for um, at that stage in our in our lives. Um, we're hoping for a nice relaxed kind of holiday in the sun, uh, and it turned out to be a bit of a nightmare. So, um, yeah, that would certainly be be my answer. How about yourself? We never never really had any holiday. We've been quite fortunate, really, or or just exceptional at planning, but. Um, <laughs> No, largely we've been very we've been very fortunate with holidays. We had, I think it was last yeah last year we had a bit of a disaster in Warsaw in Poland, 
but that was just because our our little girl just didn't didn't take to it. I think I think there must have been some kind of I think she must have been in a development leap or something at that time and just couldn't couldn't sleep in the apartment that we'd rented. My wife thinks it had some kind of supernatural um visitor <laughs> haunted. But it was actually a really lovely flat downtown Warsaw. It's a lovely city as well. I love it. But it was just a bit of a nightmare because literally up one of us was awake at at every minute of the night pretty much. So it, it became a bit of a nightmare. So you're not including in this question the, uh, the, the in terms of a holiday that you weren't expecting. You're not including this question when you were arrested at gunpoint in Germany. That was great. <laughs> you weren't expecting it though, surely. I know it was, un- it was unexpected, but you you know you always unex- there's always things you aren't expecting. <laughs> some, some sometimes they you know obviously that wasn't that wasn't booked. We didn't yeah. that we didn't book that. But um, it's an added bonus. Yeah, I don't know. Does it, does that require explaining again, or are we going to assume that everyone? Should we, knows? Should we just should we just, just sort of floss over it and then people yeah, can, but people can wonder? Okay, you're accurate in what you say, though. We we were taken to a police station by men with guns who surrounded yeah. a train station with those guns. So, um, yeah. And to this day, Hutchie remains on the run, if indeed that is his real name. I remain. Um, I'm on. I'm on the system. Yeah, in Germany. Didn't do anything wrong though. I should should make that very clear <laughs> for legal reasons. Yeah. Uh, Tony Southgate. He says, if we'd finished playing games, do you think we would have made the playoffs? And if the answer was no, or we'd finished eleventh, would Lambert have kept his job? Is he only safe because we couldn't play out the season? Or was he safe whatever the outcome? Tony, of course, official KOA bouncer and manager. Um, so what do you reckon? How and, six- and of course, officially not a friend of the show. Definitely not a friend of the show, but two no. other roles, two other roles with the team. Yeah, not the ones that he wants. So yeah. So what do you uh, reckon? You don't think Tam would have made the playoffs? You've said that before. Um, would Lambert have kept his job? Yes, we think so. Uh, so was he safe? Whatever the outcome, probably. Don't you think, Hutchie? Probably. Yeah. Um, I think they would have finished higher than eleventh had they been able to play it out. But I don't think they'd have made the playoffs. I, I think I've. Probably said the same. Eighth was probably where I thought they would finish. Yeah. Um, yeah. I I think they'd have finished eighth. I think there would have potentially been a little bit of a clawback in terms of um, feeling, maybe with some decent home wins. Which, with the greatest of respect, there were two gimmies there, Southend mm. or, or Bolton, and. As much as, as much as you might say they they weren't they weren't games Ipswich would have won. I I think they would have won them, but they might he might have clawed back a little bit of feeling, but I'm not sure it'd have been an awful lot of feeling. Um, but yeah, no, I I don't think I don't think he would have left whatever happened. But it's undoubtable that the heat was taken off of him uh, by by football being suspended in the middle of March because um, it was building and building and building and while it's while it's still there you could see yesterday that it that that once eleventh was confirmed it all kind of came out a little bit again mm. that's ha- that's happened over social media and it's very different when it happens in a stadium and I think. I think he's been. I think he's been saved a little bit of that by the fact that there's been no games. Mm. Nigel G, friend of the show, NHS hero. Nigel says, "Bloody footy, had enough of it." If the KOA team went on mastermind, which of the four of you would win, and what would each of your specialist subjects be? Hashtag stay safe. Mastermind, Hutch, is that something that's ever appealed to you? No, it wouldn't be the one that I'd go for if I was to try and get on a quiz. What would you go for? Uh, probably blockbusters. <laughs> yes, I would go on that uh, that wipeout equipment. Wipeout, yeah, with Bob, wipeout? with Bob Bunkhouse. No, 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 no. Was it called? It was called Total Wipe. Um, oh. One of our Ross did it. Ross Wishart, uh, one of our listeners, did it, uh. which I didn't know what it was at the time. Um, but I've since watched some of it, and it's basically where you. It's like a huge aqua park, essentially, that you kind of jump over things and, and walk on things and all sorts. It looks great fun. Um, that would probably be mine. Uh, 
Specialist subject though, Hutchie, mastermind. What would your specialist subject be? It'd be the office, wouldn't it? Office quotes. Yeah, oh, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, probably. Um, obviously, if I'd gone, if I had gone on um, blockbusters, I'd have won camping equipment, something like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, no, probably go on, go on the go do do the office on uh, on mastermind. I'm not sure I'd do particularly well though, because you do have to do general knowledge don't you on there yeah you have have a general knowledge round as well don't you so you have to you have to still be fairly intelligent on things other than your specialist subject who's going to do the best then Uh, Uh, probably stewie i'd say what do you think his specialist subject would be um what's stewie's specialist subject be that's a good question prodigy well, he's brain. got a big. He's got a really interesting thing about. He's really interested in space, isn't he, and astronomy and stuff. Um, so maybe it'd be that. But I, I fancy Stewie's logical mind to work his way through and progress fairly far on Mastermind. Um, I can't see Ross doing too well, if I'm honest. Uh, I think mm, I think he would probably right. come probably come bottom of the pile. Um, I don't know if they'd be able to come up with enough questions about Nando's. <laughs> Specialist subject, yeah. Amazing. Uh, we are missing Ross, of course. Uh, and do listen to these uh, Ross Meets podcasts we're putting out every weekend. I think it's Titus Bramble that we're putting out this weekend, which, is, which should be good. Alex, Alex Herbert, any chance of an update on the whereabouts of HMS Pista League? Will she set sail again next year? Hashtag 100 points, 100 goals. Yes. Um, it seems so long ago, doesn't it? That I, was, I was trotting these rather trite phrases out. Don't I feel the fall now? Um HMS Pista League was was scuppered around November time, um, briefly refloated in January, but then unfortunately uh, scuttled again. So who knows if she'll set sail again next year? I don't know. I'm, I'm sure in next year's season preview podcast, I'll be claiming that she is. We shall see. Ross Wishart, the aforementioned Ross, wants to know, will Wolfenden and Downs start next season? Could the financial fallout from the season curb summer spending across the league? So we, we, we've been asked about Wolfenden and Downs a lot. What do you reckon, Hutchie? Right now, this second, do you reckon they'll still be here next season? Um, yes. Yes? They, they, yes, I think so. Uh, it's I so, don't, hard, I it's don't so know. hard to predict, isn't it? Because yeah. no one knows how this summer is going to be. You'd assume that, that teams are going to have less money to play with. But does that mean that they're going to have to sell their assets? Like, are town going to have to sell? assets like Downs and Wolfenden because they've got less cash generally or will they say we're not going to get as much money for them so we'll keep hold of them don't know don't know lots of, and, lots and, of questions yeah. and that's where it's, it's interesting with Ipswich because that will be that's one man's decision yeah um, it's whether Marcus Evans as a businessman sees that he isn't getting a market value for two big assets um because of the, or whether he could get more next year. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Um, very interesting summer ahead. George wants to know why did other clubs not like Tranmere's proposals? The outcome would have been the same for most clubs, i.e., those mid table and already pretty much down. At least it would have kept them up and give those around promotion a chance to go up. Do we have any idea how many how many sides did support Tranmere's proposal, Hutchie? Not very many at all. It, yeah. I don't I don't know the number exactly, but it goes beyond League One. That that proposal had to that had to be voted through. Um, that had to be that had to be voted through by all three divisions, and a lot of Tranmere's fighting for it was was based around the fact that in League One there were very few clubs that were negatively impacted by that. Mm. Um, but it was a different story in the championship and league two league two had already decided what they wanted to do to decide the season. So there was, there was very little support for it from there. Um, and the championship, I don't think paid much interest in it whatsoever, to be honest. Sadly. Three more questions, Hutchie. And then we, I can go have some lunch. Um, Sindre Eliasson, our Norwegian friend, says, are we living inside a black hole? And more importantly, a town currently living inside a black, grim hole? Uh, hmm. Rather dark question. Are we living inside a black hole? 
we need Stu here to answer that question. Um, yeah, I've got very little. And I, I'm aware of what the next question is because I read it yesterday and I didn't understand it. Uh, what was that? Was there another question from Sindre? No, I think he rescinded it. It was a very deep philosophical question. It was too deep. I couldn't understand it. It made my head hurt just thinking about it, but thankfully he rescinded it. So uh, we don't have to tackle that one. Two more questions via direct message. Patrick Palmer, first of all, says, cannot hide that Lambert's presided over a massive failure. The season was falling into oblivion and the virus has done him a massive favour. Do you think he's self-aware of this or does he genuinely believe he could still have got us into the playoffs? Either way, he's hugely lucky to be in a job. Keep on keeping on. So I think we addressed that earlier, didn't we? We talked about Lambert. He's aware yeah. that he's aware that things need to change. Yeah, uh, but I do I, I do believe that he had had a belief that they could have made it into the playoffs. He knows yeah. that that would have been a tall order, though. They needed six wins. He mm. says um, that's a tall order. Patrick Palmer is a name that I feel like should be said in an Australian accent. Paddy Palmer. Mate. All right, mate. Paddy Palmer. Plays. He's a tennis player. Paddy Palmer. <laughs> uh, and then final question from our bag this week. Ross Evans. Yet again, the early season form was another false dawn, albeit a longer one than usual. In the, in the current climate, I cannot see us getting back up with either Lambert at the helm or Evans at the top. I fear this could be the start of a very deep decline. Could you see a relegation to League Two? A possibility if we carry on this path. Hashtag KOA Army. That's the question, isn't it, Hutchie, um, amongst many questions, is that for a long time we've been saying Town have hit rock bottom. They're relegated from the Championship, rock bottom last season, the lowest point the club could hit. It can't get any lower than this. And then it goes and does again. They finish 11th in League One. It's an even lower point. And you keep thinking, well, at some point they're going to turn things around. That, that, you know, another relegation is completely out of the question. But you start to wonder, don't you, or do you? I'm I'm more concerned with how they work their way up it than any concern about sliding further down the pyramid, I'll be honest. I famous last words. Um I'm more well, I'm more concerned about it's it's being kind of cut adrift and lost in any kind of split in football. Um yeah. in terms of the Premier League and Championship Premier League two breakaways. I'm more concerned by that. But in terms of actually being relegated to League Two, I'm not. Uh, that's not something I would think about for Ipswich because generally, for a club, for clubs of, for clubs of Ipswich's size, generally, the way they end up in League Two is if there's some kind of horrific ownership situation, financial meltdown. Um, look at but Bolton have been down there, Coventry have been down there. Um, and they've largely been down to financial issues and the club just not being recognisable from from the club that they once were. For Ipswich, that what, what would that mean? That would mean... I don't think Marcus Evans would... For, for, look, the criticism of him not investing to... to champ, that's a different question to championship level, whether he can afford to do that. But I don't think he would... Under his ownership, I don't think he'd allow a scenario where Ipswich's financial situation is brought down to a level that, that, that League Two is a possibility. Famous last words, and I would be devastated to be wrong in that, but that's not a concern I've got, really. It's, it's an interesting debate, and probably one for another day, Hutchie, the, the old Premier League 1, Premier League 2. There's certainly a divide, a chasm, a gaping chasm opening up potentially between the Premier League Championship and League One, you'd say, looking at, at how things are proceeding. Obviously, there was the, the talk of the regionalising of Leagues One and Two. Is that something they'll have to go back to now? I don't know. But you certainly feel that it's imperative as soon as possible for town to get back into that into that Championship, don't you? There's, it feels like there's something seismic afoot in football, perhaps. Yeah. Um, very much a subject for another day, but it's got to be a it's got to be a worry, um, and I'd be particularly concerned about that if um, if League One and League Two don't begin their seasons in line with the Championship. Um, I think that had, would have to be a very real concern there that something will happen, and I know there are a lot of there are people who are worried about that and the impact that that might have, but hopefully. Hopefully, 
that's something that Ipswich can can avoid being on the wrong side of. Mm, mm. Well then, Hutchie, that brings us to the end of mailbag. It's been quite a heavy show today. Um, have you got any any light to, to to just kind of sprinkle in at the end before we take our leave? Um, it's light for me. I don't know if this will. I don't know if it, this certainly doesn't change anybody else's life. But I'm about to go and eat the first strawberry off a strawberry plant that we've been growing in our greenhouse. Awesome. So, so for me, things are looking up. <laughs> and I should obviously offer an uh, artisan asparagus update after last week. It was Definitely. it was tremendous. I, I sent you a message, I, I seem to recall, saying that I was very hyped for my artisan asparagus. And you you, you replied, <laughs> you replied, that's one of the, the funniest uh, sentences anyone had ever sent to you um, or something to that effect. <laughs> so, yeah, it was definitely it was definitely worth um, getting up early on Saturday and going to get it. I'd recommend it to anyone. Unfortunately, it's the last weekend this weekend of the uh, the Wiccan asparagus. But you can still grab some this weekend. It's not too late. Hutchie, any other business before we go? I can have some lunch and we can get on with uh, with our working day. No other business. Superb. Well, it is a very glum time, but please do stick with us. Um, give us a subscribe on your various podcast providers. Um, so you get this into your into your inbox every week. Give us a five-star review on iTunes. We've not had one of those for a while. That helps us with our visibility in the chart. And also follow us across all our various social medias, Kings of Anglia on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Um, it'd be great to interact with you there. Have a superb week. Ipswich Town season is finally over. The, the, uh, the post-mortem can now well and truly begin, and we'll be doing a lot of that. So stay tuned. Have a superb week, and we'll speak to you again next time. Crime to football, Brexit to football. For more great podcasts from Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archon. Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archon.